My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. Good to be with you today. I'm guest hosting for Bill Allen, um, who is taking care of his son, James. He, along with his wife, Lucy. Um, uh, James had a big surgery, so if you reach out to him, if you're friends with him on Facebook or whatever, and just give him some love um, as James continues to recover. Okay, last podcast. We talked about how our seven-figure flipping altitude and runway members were in their hot seats in Cancun, and one of the most common needs was hiring. And I want to get this kind of out of the way, right? Like, it's no surprise. Real estate is booming right now. And of course, if real estate is booming, real estate businesses are booming. And if real estate businesses are booming, we're going to be hiring. So this podcast is going to be full of practical hiring tips as promised in the last podcast. But if you want all the goods and you're ready to be part of an exclusive group of investors, jump on over to Seven Figure Flipping and reach out to us and have a conversation if you think we're a good fit for you. Now listen, I say that these guys were struggling and that and hiring was their number one need. That's not entirely true. They're crushing it. Um, they're struggling with hiring like a lot of people are struggling with hiring right now. Um, they're getting people not to show up on on interviews, right? That's That was common across the board. Even in seven-figure flipping, we're hiring for um, really great positions. We're getting people that are no-showing our interviews, okay? And we're going to talk about how to solve that problem later on in the podcast. And the reason I say that they're crushing is because we train them. We train them on the ninja tactics on how to hire and hold them accountable when they set goals. If you're planning on starting a business, Hiring is going to be something you're going to have to do, whether you're just starting or whether you've got a, a six, seven, eight figure business going right now. All right. And here, let's start down with the practical, right? We've talked about in the last podcast, panic-based hiring versus planning-based hiring. Really important to have a plan. Now, I tell people all the time, as a business owner, we sense when we need somebody and then that sense grows into more, it's stronger, right? The, the more panic we get closer to right so you've got the panic let's say panic is like the sun and you've got stuff being sucked into its gravity field if we're way out here we know that we might need somebody and but yet we don't act some people do act but most people don't and then we get kind of sucked in a little bit closer and this is the, the big panic ball right over here and that it's sucking us in because we know we're losing more and more control of our business because we ignored that little urging way back about hiring so now we need to jump in the first thing i'm going to beg you to do is stop that anytime you feel like you might need to hire somebody you need to stop right then and do one thing you need to sit down and put what i call the role scorecard together Okay, and the scorecard comes from the Who Method for Hiring. It's a system taught by Jeff Smart. The scorecard basically talks about who this person is. Not just like what they're gonna do, but also what character attributes you might want them to have, um, what kind of personality you want them to have, what kind of social profile, maybe you want them to score a certain way on the disc profile, whatever. And you're putting all of that into a scorecard. That will take some discipline, usually about an hour, two hours, uh, I'm the type of person, and maybe you are too, I have to kind of start it 
let it sit for a day and then go back to it another day and just kind of finish it up because I, I my brain just goes to work on things subconsciously and uh, some things maybe I didn't think of when I started that project or that scorecard for the, that role, um, I'll think about two or three days later. And just put those on a Google Sheet somewhere. In fact, you can just have all your roles on a Google Sheet somewhere and it'll be easy to add things and subtract things as you need to do them. Once you have that scorecard set, now you can create the job description. And all the job description is, is basically your scorecard put into words. Now, if you're not good at this, that's fine. Just tell somebody on Fiverr or uh, Upwork, or maybe you have someone that's good at writing or you're you know, an English teacher or somebody like that, you know? Um, tell them to take your scorecard and put it into a job description. Okay, once you have that job ad, you can post it out on the sites, the job sites. So you can put it on Monster or Indeed. You can use companies like WiseHire. WiseHire will kind of transmit it out to a bunch of different places. Uh, you could use Hire My Mom. You could use Facebook Jobs. And we find that most of the, our candidates come through Facebook Jobs and Indeed. Uh, and when you do this, you want to make sure if you're going to put it on Facebook Jobs, make sure they follow the Indeed link so that everybody stays in one place. There's an employer dashboard in Indeed that works really well. It's easy to communicate with, with your candidates and schedule interviews and all that kind of stuff. Now, some of you out there and some of the people in our group use WiseHire. WiseHire is a software-based service. It's month to month. And um, it's great for when you need someone because it'll give you a, a disk profile that comes with it. And sometimes that can be very helpful to get a profile on a person before, um, before you actually call them and interview them. So if you're looking for somebody in sales, you'd want somebody with a high social acumen versus someone who wants to go out and you know, be, a, be a company owner or, a, or an entrepreneur, right? So you wanna see kind of those skill sets. Okay, once you have that squared away, the most important thing with jobs and candidates is to be fast. So when I go in once a day, and when I say fast, you know, I go in once a day, maybe twice a day, and I look. So right now we're hiring for two positions. We're hiring for a lead intake uh, coordinator, uh, lead nurturer, and then we're also hiring for an office manager. So once a day, I go in, there's usually 15, 20 applicants a day, uh, and we do a sponsored ad, and indeed, that's 15 or $20 a day, whatever we decide to do there. Um, and we'll have you know anywhere between 10 to 20 candidates. And so then I, I select all the candidates, it takes me about two minutes to do this, select all the candidates and send them some sort of welcome email. Thank you for your interest in the position and you can set up templates inside of Indeed, it makes it super easy. Uh, something like this, uh, thank you for your interest in the position. Due to the volume of candidates that we have, um, we can't review resumes unless you fill out this survey. And that survey could be a disk profile, it could be some sort of other soft hiring software or profiling software that you use. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of what we send. We send some sort of welcome email that looks like that. That self filters. So if you have 80 applicants and you, you set up the system the way I, have, I just described, if they don't do the disk profile or they don't respond back asking questions or anything else, they're out. I don't need to respond any further. I'm looking to self filter a lot of, of the job applicants that come in. So we have 80 applicants come in. You can imagine this time of stimulus and pandemic and all this other stuff. You've got lots of people just kind of robo applying for positions. Um, I want the ones that are there um, that are interested in the job. So they're actually gonna take a little bit of extra effort and everybody else I just let go. 
one other real quick filter that you can do is in Indeed, you can have them, you can ask questions. And so one of the questions I like to ask is, what is it that you bring to the table or your superpower that you feel like you do better than anyone else as it relates to this position? And then if they answer the question, you kind of keep them in your bucket, right? If they don't answer the question, you let them go. I mean, if you want somebody detail-oriented and they missed a question on your interview process, are they really that detail-oriented? Or do you just want to keep the people that actually took the time to answer it? I feel like that self-filters people out as well. And your game plan, again, to save time as a company owner, because I know you have lots of balls in the air, lots of things going on, is you want to make sure that you save yourself time. And that's how we do it. We use templates in Indeed. We use self-filtering by asking you know, one or two basic questions. And, uh, and then once we kind of filter those things down, then we start the screening interview process. Now that screening interview process, just it's easiest if you just time block one day a week. Maybe it's a Friday between eight and noon or nine and 12, nine and 11, whatever it happens to be. And then you start the screening interview. And the screening interview, based on the WHO method for hiring by Jeff Smart, is four simple questions. What are your future career goals? That's number one. What are your superpowers? I call them superpowers. Uh, Jeff Smart talk, calls it something else. But I, I like to say, what is your occupational superpower? What is it that you do better than anyone else? And then my third question that I ask is, what's your kryptonite? What are the things that you're just not interested in doing or getting around in your role? That, and, and I always kind of invite them in that process by saying, look, each of our jobs is a part of our life, right? They're like chapters in a book. Some of the chapters in the book are really, really good. Some of them are not. Like in our company, we want people to focus on their superpower. What is it that you think is not your superpower or the things that you're just genuinely not interested in? And those questions come back in varied degrees, right? Some of them might be, well, I don't like office politics. I don't like to go into the office. I like to work virtually. I don't like to... Um, I don't like sitting in long meetings that aren't valuable, right? You'll get all those kinds of things. And once in a while, if you ask a good follow-up question, you can say, well, tell me more about that. You know, what is it about meetings that drive you crazy? Well, in my old company, blah, 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 right? So you always ask a follow-up question in case you want to get more curious about something on a screening interview. Screening interviews should take 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, right? No more than 20. If you, they go more than 20, then cut it off and schedule a second interview for those people. And then the last thing, last question, the fourth question is, and you really need to ask this one. If I were to call your last five bosses, four bosses, three bosses, whatever you see on the resume, what would they say about you? What would they rate you on a scale of one to 10 and why? Now, this is a big one because the biggest red flag that filters people out is to say, well, I really don't want you calling my previous bosses. If you don't want me calling your previous boss, then you're out. Right, I, I completely dismissed that candidate. And the cool thing is I only wasted 10 or 15 minutes. I didn't waste a ton of time. And then just ask curiosity questions about, around that, okay? And a lot of times it's a red flag. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Don't, don't make it work, don't make them fit into a box. If they don't want you calling their previous employer, it usually has something to do with them and the employer. Um, and if it has something to do with them as the candidate, then you probably just wanna pass on them. Look, I think the best candidates are the ones, maybe they didn't get along with their past boss, but they're gonna come out and say, yeah, you can call anybody you want to. Um, I did some things really well over there, but I just wanna warn you, 
we didn't get along very well. And here's why we didn't get it very, along very well. If they're being that forthright with you in the screening interview, well then, in my opinion, that that's not a red flag, right? All of us have personality issues with other people. That That actually is a sign of transparency and openness and willingness to be honest and vulnerable, right? Those are characteristics that we like in our company. Um, so just watch out for that. Now, once you get through those screening interviews, and you certainly can have somebody else in your company do them. I do all of our own screening interviews. I really like doing them. I wanna make sure I'm getting the right hire, not somebody else is getting me the right hire. Um, for right now, I do them. Our COO does them. He's hiring for a position and I'm hiring for a different position. So there are some people in your company that you can trust to kind of run people through these screening interviews. Then finally, once you're done, you set up a final interview. And the final interview basically is going through all of their occupational job history. Again, I've talked about this method in the past and we train it, we teach it inside of Seven Figure Flipping all the time. And this method is designed to get you to the right hire 90, 95, 98% of the time, depending on how far you take it. If you take it all the way out, you should be able to get people to a 98, 99%. Again, I've hired so poorly in the past that's cost our company hundreds of thousands of dollars, me making a mistake on hiring, that I really feel like that is a superpower that I absolutely have to develop. It's not an option for a business owner not to develop good hiring strategies. It's not okay to go find commonalities with people and think because they like golf and you like golf that they're gonna make a good employee. Has nothing to do with that. And don't get too friendly. Don't get too involved. Don't ask them questions about um, anything to try to find common ground between you and them because the only common ground you need right now is you need this position filled. That's the only thing. And do they have the talent and the skills necessary to fill the position? So if you're out there just kind of freewheeling it, most of the time, I'm not gonna say all the time because you're gonna get lucky, most of the time you're gonna make a mistake and I can almost guarantee this, you're never gonna find the perfect hire if you freewheel it like that. Okay, so this interview, this 60 to 90 minute interview needs to be um, basically going through their occupational history. So the way we started out in our company is I basically say, you know, look, Mrs. Smith, thank you for being with us. Susan, may I call you Susan? Yes, no problem. Susan, thank you so much for um, taking this time. It's gonna be about 60 to 90 minutes, as I said in our email, and we're just gonna walk back through your occupational history. And uh, we feel like that everything in your life is a chapter in a book. And so we're gonna walk past, past your past jobs out like a chapter in the book, and we want you to tell us because we wanna get to know you. And we also want to get to know your job experience because it allows us to really understand you and what, what tools and superpowers that you bring to the table for us. And then we also want you to get to know a little bit about us at the very end and ask any question that you want. How does that sound, Susan? Susan's always gonna buy in and say, that's great. Once you have their buy-in, who are your influences growing up in that time? So when you were in middle school, high school, who are your influences growing up? And they'll start talking about teachers or maybe it's their parents or whatever. What was it about your parents that made you say that this many years later? Well, my dad, he was a hard worker and he taught me the value of being accountable. What were you known for in high school or when you were growing up? Like, what are some things you were really passionate about when you were growing up? So they might give you uh, an example and then you're just gonna be curious, right? Oh gosh, that sounds really cool. Can you tell me more about that? Like, why was that big for you? Right, so let's say they won the 
state track and field meet three years in a row. You could go back with a comment that says, oh gosh, it sounds like you really like to compete. Oh, I love to compete. Why would, why track like versus something else? Well, I tried cross country. I didn't really like running long distances and my event was this event. What did you love about that event, right? You get them talking about themselves. Listen, if you figure out that they've been successful from the time they've been 12, 13 years old up until the time they graduated from college, if you find out that they've been that successful, they're going to be successful in your company more than likely. That's how we're training the seven figure flipping members to achieve and hire well. What can we do for you? Maybe you have a need. Maybe you're like just kind of experiencing this, this um, real estate investing thing. It's been a journey you've wanted to, to, to go on for a while and just haven't taken a step. Why don't you buy a Flip Hacking Live ticket? It's gonna be in Orlando and you might be able to sandwich a Disney trip around it and write the whole trip off maybe, I don't know. Ask your CPA, I'm not a CPA. Or if you're in a hurry and you've got a growing real estate company, you like what you've heard on this podcast and all the others, what's, what's holding you back? Why don't you reach out to us, reach, go over to sevenfigurealtitude.com and just kind of fill out a form and we'll give you a call. No obligation, no rush. Just get to know us a little bit better. Let us get to know you a little bit better and see if um, our organization might be a good fit for you. We've got lots of products and things that we can help you along the way. Uh, or if you're interested in being in part of our community, love to talk to you about that too. Well, it's been an honor hosting you here and being a guest host for Bill. Uh, our next podcast, you don't want to miss it, it's going to be a panel of people who were in Cancun at the Mastermind who said hiring was a struggle and who have jumped in with both feet and are hiring now. We're going to do a roundtable discussion. I can't wait to see you on the next one. Have a great day and talk to you soon. What if you could raise $500,000 of private capital in the next 30 days to fund your real estate deals? How would that change your business? How would that change your life? I've put together a 30-day challenge that will walk you through how to get access to all the private funding you'll ever need at incredibly low interest rates on your terms when you need it. It's called the 500K Challenge. This is the same system I've used to raise over $15 million the past few years. And you're not just going to learn how to raise it. You're going to actually start finding this money yourself within the next 30 days as you go through the challenge. This is the single most important skill any real estate investor needs to have, whether you're flipping houses, buying multifamily properties, wholesaling, or anything else. Jump in and start raising private money now at 500kchallenge.com. I'll see you guys on the inside.